That's right, folks. It's time for the Nerdy Point of View podcast, where we explore the nerdier side of life via random topics that we come up with and discuss for your entertainment. I am one of your hosts, the literal worst, Brian Penaloza. With me today is the pun master herself, Carrie Lyons. Oh, hello, everyone. I'm totally paying attention. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> and of course, the villain of the show, Martin Franklin. Who is definitely paying attention because he just learned from Kerry. So. And was paying attention <laughs> so much he interrupted me introducing his name. Oh, that's how much attention I was paying. <laughs> oh, God. Don't forget, we are also sponsored by DiceBard. Go to DiceBard.com and check out their outstanding selection of dice. They've got glow-in-the-dark dice, rainbow dice, and metal dice just as well. Plus, many more styles and colors. DiceBard has everything you need to play Dungeons & Dragons, if all you need is dice. And of course, don't forget to use the discount code NERDY, that's N-E-R-D-Y, for free expedited shipping on your order. And without any further ado, I gotta say, real quick, this is only the second week we've been back, and I'm I'm loving it. I love every second. This is going to be such a fun episode. I'm so excited for it. Same. I was prepared for that to go one of two ways. I'm glad it went the positive way. <laughs> oh, oh! did you think I'd be like, and with that, and I, uh, before and we done. get to the topics, this is actually the last episode of the <laughs> yeah. podcast. Fuck you guys. Yeah. I'm out. <laughs> I realized how much of a clusterfuck this was. I, I'm done. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I just realized it's, it's taken almost a year, but I realized we're just in over our heads, guys. Let's, let's mm-hmm. call it quits. No. We will never do that to you. Not ever. Definitely we just not. might go away for a couple months once in a blue moon, but we'll always come back to you. Uh, so with that, let's jump into some topics. Carrie, you're leading us off today. Yes, I am. I Talking. Got it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> My topic is um, we've seen a lot of movies like Aliens vs. Predators, Jason vs. Freddy, and all those, um, and Dead Fantasy by Monte Um, which I love. So, what two fictional characters would you like to see go head to head in battle, and who do you think would win, and why? That is a good one. Mm-hmm. That is a good one. Y- you know who I would choose? Um, I got, I know, I know who I would choose. Um, okay, I would go with Doctor Who. Who is, you know, space time, all that jazz against uh, the kid from Future Diary, whose name I forget. Oh, Yuki. Yeah. Yuki. Duh. How did I forget that? It's and only said a million times. It, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Yuki Teru from Future Diary. And the reason is so Yuki Teru can tell the future in his diary, but the doctor can just fucking blip back and forth through time. How does he predict that with the diary? I think that would be a really cool fight. Mm. Yeah, or is it always, does what Doctor Who do always become self-fulfilling of what's written in the diary because it's written? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's a strong, that's a strong, strong fight. Yeah, I mean. Would anything actually happen though? Oh God, I don't, I really don't know. Like, okay, so for, for this fight, like Doctor Who is not a killer. Mostly. Not since like you know the very 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 beginning <laughs> that big war yeah. quite um, a lot of killing at the beginning but yeah but then like really went like kind of the pacifist route like i'll only fight you if i absolutely have to but i'd rather just talk to you and you know figure out if we can find a way around this um yuki teru doesn't also necessarily want to fight until later on when things go on and he realizes he doesn't have a choice so i would say faced with yuki teru's desperation he might have the edge 
because again, the doctor doesn't really want to kill. Of course, the doctor could accidentally kill him by using the sonic screwdriver on his cell phone, which would destroy him. Oh, mm. so that's yeah, big... that's the thing with so the future diary. If you destroy their diary, which is their cell phone, they die. Okay, right. Because I so I don't actually know future diary, so that that's important for me to know. Yeah. Um, but then, do you think also there's a potential that this might end up like where they both end up realizing and settling their differences? Like, I feel like the doctor's quite diplomatic, right? I feel like, I mean, he is, but at the point where uh, Yuki Teru is actually like ready to fight and kill, and he he, star- he starts doing it real well, you know, real well, <laughs> and he's past the point of no return at that point. So I feel uh, like okay. he, the doctor, would have to like go back in time and talk to him before. But Yukiteru would see that he's about to do that and be like, no, you can't. Or maybe try to talk the doctor into going back in time and fixing his problems, too. Although we all know that the doctor won't necessarily go back and, like, change stuff like that. You know, causality and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, that's where, like, the time travel aspect of this shit, this gets weird. I would not want to be on the script writing team for this. No, let's no. be real. The internet will pick this apart. <laughs> yes, that's why I'm like I'm trying not to go too into detail with my answer because I'm like, yeah. oh god, I'm just I'm just waiting for the fucking keyboard warriors to come out in force and be like, actually, <laughs> actually, well, I don't know. Like with anything that involves Yuki, all I can picture is that Yuno is his shadow. So no matter like where he is, she is there, and I could just see her like taking out uh, Doctor Who. That's true. She she is the ace in the hole. So for those who don't know, Yuno is uh she's obsessed with Yukiteru, and her future diary basically just tells her everything that's going on with him in ten minute intervals. Okay. So she always knows like if he's in danger, she'll know, and she is legit like she's had a psychotic break. Like, oh, yeah. She has no conscience whatsoever. If she even imagines that he's in any sort of danger, she'll just fucking kill a person. Oh, easily. Like, oh, no hesitation. True. Yeah. But then, again, the doctor's got his companions, right? Like, maybe they might sacrifice themselves to take her out. So then it becomes just a one-on-one again. I feel like there's lots of chances for this to go so many ways. Yeah, but here's the thing about you know and spoilers for future diary which i think has been out a while like it's been out at least a year so if you haven't seen it like go go see otherwise it. Really this is your spoiler warning alert like, yeah just keep spoiler, spoiler. Like, a yeah. minute yeah, yeah yeah um she's a god she's oh, the god of time pretty. and space she she achieves godhood and goes back in time to try to change things and so yeah she's she's already a god at this point well, that seems game set and match as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> like, <laughs> what's the fucked up thing though? It's not even to change things; it's actually to perpetuate the path that already started to well, continue. Technically, it was to change things because Yukiteru was supposed to kill her. That's how she that's wanted true. to change things. That is true. But that's that's more future diary, less this fight. But I, yeah, I think. You, you bring up you bring up a good point you know would would definitely change the field of battle mm-hmm. so that's so, my that answer. would be a good fight though that would be i mean i never watched an episode of doctor who ever but at least i know the general premise of the show <laughs> yeah he points Martin. a sonic screwdriver at it it fixed the thing you know there's a twist somewhere there's as long as it's not made of, wood. of yeah right um there's some kind of weird alien that's made out of like toilet roll tubes and like <laughs> tin foil and you know super cannon it's great 
Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. What about you, Griff? Like, what would be your uh, matchup? Um, so dark, gritty reboot for both these franchises. I'm saying hyper realistic. Um, Crash Bandicoot versus Spyro the Dragon Ooh. in yes. uh, fight for. I mean, I don't know if Crash Bandicoot is the one. He's he's the one that came to mind. It's Spyro versus someone. Um, one I think it would be Crash. They were like era. same era, right? Mm-hmm. It, it feels like this. Maybe like it's a it's a three way and Ratchet and Clank come in because shout out to Ratchet and Clank. But I'm thinking, yeah, it's dark and gritty. There's death. Like um, Hunter the Cheetah, he dies um, at some point in it, probably uh, mainly because what a weird character um <laughs> and yeah like you know it's just it it's get um christopher nolan on it you know <laughs> let's let's get this going i, I want mean, lens flare and you know everything if you're doing a gritty reboot and you're bringing ratchet and clank into it it's pretty obvious who wins oh 100 i mean if you some of their weapons are insane yeah but sparrow is a dragon and yeah but there are other dragons as well even a dragon two, can't resist the allure of the disco ball gun <laughs> that's true oh yeah they might be a bit too overpowered for it um but then maybe <laughs> if it's a dark gritty reboot they just let you just have guns you know and it's not like wacky. oh god and spyro's like fucking smog right 100 percent. and not only that but there's like a thousand of them because he's been around and collected all the eggs and saved all the dragons and stuff so it's you know, they're going to need some of those weapons. Let's so this real. is more of a fight between Ratchet and Clank and fucking Spyro, because what the fuck is Crash yeah. Bandicoot going to do here? Crash Bandicoot well, is there. He's breaking barrels and stuff. Probably he's jumping on crocodiles and there's a hippo somewhere. Um, I mean, he is uh, certifiably insane. Anuga Booga. He's got like lives, right? Like he's got this like mythical mask. So maybe there's like some voodoo stuff going on. This and is he's true. Actually mis- mystical in some way. I don't know. I think the one time uh, that Crash would kind of have an advantage is Crash Team Racing. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see Spyro drive a, a fucking car. There's like a chase scene where like Crash gets into a car and then Spyro has to commandeer a vehicle and yeah. Oh, yeah. just call it the Crash and the Furious. Yes. Oh. Um, no, the cra- uh, Crash and the Furious. Probably. Oh. Right, I, I so appreciate that. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> My work uh, that would be a good fight that would mm. be i'd like to see that yeah and like you know like i say like this is not this is like not pg you know this is like limbs are getting torn off like spyro's a dragon he's a feral dragon you know like that's the fire i want to see anyway so <laughs> carrie what's yours <laughs> <laughs> Mine is everyone knows I'm a huge Mass Effect fan, so I would love to see Commander Shepard go up against Master Chief. Interesting. Yeah. This I'll is be- um Shepard's favorite matchup on the Citadel, actually. So <laughs> Say that again. I said this is Commander Shepard's favorite matchup on the Citadel. Oh god. It's a really bad yeah. reference. Yeah. Oh. Sorry. Nope, no, that was a good reference. I, <laughs> my damn mic kind of cut out halfway through, so I'm like, I missed oh. something vital there. That makes but sense. Uh, no, yeah, like obviously, I think Commander Shepard would win. Uh, as much as Master Chief does have all these kind of enhancements um, from all the upgrades from the the Spartan. Oh my God, I'm stumbling on words right now. Uh, Program augmentations. Oh. That's it. Yeah, he had implants put in. Uh, and so it... <laughs> I'm trying to be serious here. This is I a very serious can't. discussion. No, I can't. 
<laughs> but it, they each have enhancements, especially like if you take um, Commander Shepard from anything from uh, Master, Mass Effect 2 and onward. Uh, but, I mean, not only that, but you can literally customize Shepard's abilities to better go up against any kind of enemy. Because, I mean, you just go to uh, the Normandy and you can reset all the skills. So you could just sit there and then like, oh, yeah, so this like overload, for instance, would be a perfect thing to go up against uh, Master Chief. Because if the uh, I'm stumbling again on the name of it, but. His shields are reliant on uh, part of his armor, and if that gets damaged at all, yes, he does have these augmentations that have, uh, essentially leave his bones unbreakable, but you know what? The bones can be in one piece, and he can be still be fucking dead, so I'm, <laughs> I'm still going to say that Commander Shepard would totally wipe the chief uh, Is there all over. the chance that Chief has tanks and stuff, that he just blows the Normandy up? Like, yeah. and then that option's gone. You know, he's got those sticky grenades. He's got freaking needler. Uh, he can just activate a halo ring and say fuck Re- everything. <laughs> nah, I I don't know because have you I mean? Hold on a second. Yeah. Okay. So, have you seen the size of the reapers? Oh <laughs> my god! Is that the gift thing that that's yeah? Yes. Okay. So. They're, they're these giant. Um, they look like ships, but they're actually sentient. And uh, if you're near it, they actually corrupt you and uh, can... Uh, I'm not even going to get into that because I will be talking about Mass Effect the whole time. Giant <laughs> space whales, that's all they are. I don't think so. They have a red laser of death. And like that one fight, you go up against them and or against one of them. I mean, that was pretty crazy. And I'm sorry, if she can take that out or he, depending on your gender preference. But they could take a tank on, no problem. Okay, Master Chief has way more than just a tank, though. I mean, have you seen the shit Master Chief has been through? Mm. Like, Have you seen the stuff that Shepard has been through? I have, in fact. Yes. Yes. I mean, also, we're, not gonna... we're kind of assuming that those universes are colliding. So, like, you know, you're going to have, like, the Flood to deal with coming yep. in, as well as the Reapers and stuff. I feel like this might be one of those things where they start off against each other, but then they end up, like, becoming, like, a body cop movie. Why do you <sighs> want all of these fights to end with everybody as friends? <laughs> I'm sorry, did you not hear my last words of Spyro being gritty and tearing people's lives? Okay, so <laughs> all the fights that aren't yours, you want them all to be friends. But, um, I mean, I, 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 that, I think Shepard does win, if I'm honest. I do agree with Shepard. Yes. Well, I mean, aside from the I fact that you're Norman both wrong, Norman. that's oh. fine. <laughs> okay, sure. Whatever, in opposite <laughs> land. I definitely well, think Master Chief has the better tech, the better gear. Yeah, he does. Uh... uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, okay, we'll just, yep, agree well, you, and disagree on that. You know what? All this hostility about, you know, all these fights have got me feeling kind of kind of riled up. And that brings <laughs> me to my topic. Because, you know what? I want to fight you guys. But I want to do it by proxy, like a real American. So... <laughs> it's 50 cuffs time. <laughs> so... Putting on my old-time fashion boxing gloves. Let's go. What we did uh, pre-show was we pulled some... Uh, cards from a game called super fight which is a great game where you pull uh, character cards you pull modifier cards you pick one of each that you want to place in a battle against somebody else then you duke it out uh, you argue about who wins and then it's up to the rest of people to vote but since we're going to be participating in a three-way battle uh, none of us can vote we're going to leave it to you guys to vote and tell us on twitter who you think wins Mm -hmm. because i think that sounds fun so Mm -hmm. 
I'm eager to hear what cards you guys picked. So I'm going to start. Uh, Martin, why don't you lay, lay down and tell us who your fighter is and what their modifier is. We'll okay, start so there. right now we don't know the situation in which we're fighting, right? Correct. Okay, so you guys are going up with against an elephant that sprays neurotoxin. Uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> but with what I got, I was not going any other way with this. That trunk is just in your face. You're just getting blasted with neurotoxin. So, um, not to mention it's an elephant. It's got those big old tusks, you know. It's a big, beefy, beefy boy of a, an elephant. That's my fire. <laughs> All right. Just sending him out wild. Carrie. I'm going to go with a homunculi that shoots webs. All right. <laughs> Interesting. So I'm going with Martha Stewart, and she has a magical unicorn horn. Oh. <laughs> and the modifier for this fight is all the fighters are elderly. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> okay, so it doesn't really affect your <laughs> character <Yeah>. at all. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> Just <laughs> too okay. real, too too real. Okay, so a slightly a slightly older elephant, but still. <laughs> okay, uh, so we'll do this in the same order. Martin, lay down how your fighter would whip the shit out of ours, and then we'll just go in the same order. Then Carrie will go. Then I'll go. Then we'll have an opportunity for rebuttal. All right. Okay. Perfect. Um. So basically, it's an elephant. Um, bigger, stronger than than both of yours. Uh, um, even older. That's not a problem. And again, neurotoxin. Um, I, you both breathe. I'm sorry, but you're dead. Uh, what's a web gonna do? You know, uh, unicorn horns a bit worrying. Not gonna lie. <laughs> but again, neurotoxin to the face. One spray you down. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> All right, Carrie. Well, I mean. Monkey they're essentially immortal. Uh, I'm going from, by the way, Full Metal Alchemist because I have a feeling this came from the anime deck of this game. Yes. So essentially, if you do not destroy the Philosopher's Stone that is inside of their body, which you do not know where that is, they cannot die. They will just keep uh, regenerating. And the shooting web, I'm sorry, but before, like, the trunk would just start to raise up and it would uh, shoot the web and keep it tied down and maybe, like, try and use the web to actually, like, direct the trunk into, uh, oh, let's just keep this PG carry. Um, <laughs> Since nope, when did I we can't. do that? All right. So up Martha Stewart's ass. I mean, I she mean, could be into it. I, you never know. She was in jail, so... <laughs> All right. I mean, upper coin purse, I should say. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> uh, you know, either would actually work in this case. So, I'm yeah, I'm. I mean, that, that... would actually save Martha Stewart's life, right? Because um, neurotoxin has to be inhaled, I believe. So, I mean, you can't do good things going up either coin purses. So, I mean. <laughs> Got to do something, right? I, I mean, anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> making this episode awkward already. So does that bring it to me? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Martha Stewart, that's very easy because she is going to actually um, send her team of lawyers in first. And she's going to just basically sacrifice them to distract you all. And while she's doing that, she's going to use her magical unicorn horn to nullify the neurotoxin easily. I mean, that's easy enough for a magical uni unicorn horn to do, right? Mm -hmm. 
And then she is going to just ram the unicorn horn straight into the homunculi to detect where the Philosopher's Stone will be and then just wish it out of existence. Hmm. I mean, it's going to take her a little bit to get there because she's old. You know, she's got to she got to walk. Her, right. And that's know, not even including the modifier. So, yeah, you know, can't can't forget the modifier. Like your homunculi might be uh, immortal, but if it's elderly, that means it's been around a long, long time. And is aged. And exactly. Maybe and with age quick- comes wisdom. And slower reflexes. Hmm. And I might just admit that with with or without neurotoxin, I'm sorry, but if an elephant steps on you, if you're not, you do you know what I mean? You're gone. So oh, either I mean, way, it doesn't matter. If you she'll use the you. magic of the horn to turn you inside out. I forgot to mention that. I mean, sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, um... I feel like the, the moment you implement magic into this fight, maybe there becomes a slight unfair advantage towards the magical unicorn horn, let's be real. Um, but yeah. Also, I don't remember these lawyers coming in anywhere. Like, in a straight one-on-one fight, you know. That, I mean, that they're happened. part of her repertoire. That's like one of her secret powers is a fucking oh, thousand lawyers. I'm sorry. I forgot as well. I've got my whole herd of neurotoxin-breathing elephants that are Well, they can't me. all breathe neurotoxin. Just like all of her lawyers don't have a magical unicorn horn. <laughs> But oh, then no, you but, could totally no, have your herd of elephants. Dan or Martha Stewart's, whereas all elephants in this scenario, because we're going by the rule of the um, the homunculi being from a universe and them all being like that, this is the realm <laughs> where all elephants breathe neurotoxin. <laughs> oh. Should have said that so, is a uh, major stretch. But she's not she's not nullifying your neurotoxin for like everybody. Like you can still shoot neurotoxin. She's just immunizing immunizing herself, immunizing herself. <laughs> I can't okay. do words. Beat this, actually. Uh, the homunculi would corrupt somebody else to create a chimera out of the elephant and Martha Stewart. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm kind of okay with that. <laughs> I kind of want fan art of this. <laughs> yes, please. Somebody yes. out there. Please, one of our listeners, make a Martha Stewart elephant chimera and send it to us. <laughs> we'll put it on the website. Yes. <laughs> Okay, uh, so, well, I, I guess at this point, it's just, yeah, people just have to make their own decisions, you know? Yeah. Um, who Whose side are you on in the <laughs> Battle of the Ages? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> the Battle of the Aged, sorry, yeah. Uh, all right, uh, so that battle went by a little quick. So we actually did pull a second round to let you all vote on. Um, so this time we'll go with Carrie Martin, then myself. I'll, I'll just always go last since I since you want the advantage of hearing yeah. everyone else's people before you. Okay, I'll go yeah, first. Course, you want yeah. me to go first? <laughs> Fine, I'm going first now. All okay. right, go first. Fine. Oh, nice. I've got Stephen Hawking <laughs> armed with a super glue fire hose. Ooh. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Carrie. Um, I'm going with a 10 story tall Forrest Gump. <laughs> wow yeah wow okay got it. um <laughs> that's something else uh which do you know what like when you're a herd of walkers that are armed with dynamite you know bring him on <laughs> that's what I'm gonna say. um you okay know. i gotta give you the modifier because it's good you went exactly with the one i was hoping you could go with okay Martin. the modifier is fighters multiply by a hundred Oh, oh my, my god. god. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
Oh my god, 100 herds worth of walkers. <laughs> Every one of them armed with dynamite. I just picture um, poor Stephen Hawking in the middle of this, like, <laughs> what have I got myself into? <laughs> Because that hose can only fire in one direction at a time. So, I mean, a hundred directions, I suppose. <laughs> well, no, let's, let's be real. He's not climbing any stairs to get away. Mm. Oh. It's, a, it's a, yeah, it's a big thing. I mean, I suppose. <laughs> I mean, sorry, like, I'm looking who? realistically at this fight. Like, Stephen Hawking, I mean, he can only roll so fast. Yeah. And even if he does form a perfect circle of himself firing outwards, he's then trapped in a super glued like death circle you know like he's gonna starve eventually it's true so um, I, I guess i'll try to make my case now that i'm done like <laughs> yeah. shitting on how bad stephen hawking's chances are <laughs> um okay but he is the smartest guy on planet earth or he was true um it's true so i would say he sees these well and there's a hundred of them too oh i forgot there are a hundred of him mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. um so I feel like they make like a like a, a circling the wagons kind of deal with the yeah. super glue fire hoses, right? And they formulate some kind of plan to know like the exact angles and shit to best hit everybody with the super glue. Because you got these hundred ten foot or sorry, ten story tall Forrest Gumps coming and these Ugh, a million walkers, style. right? Yeah, and knowing exactly comments. where to lay the super glue as like a trap to try to trap as many as they can while he fires at the rest of them, because I mean that's a lot of super glue and that shit hardens pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And he would just use his his superior intellect because let's face it, Force Gum not a superior intellect. Zombies not quite the smartest. You're telling me Stephen <laughs> Hawking can't outthink these, especially if there's a hundred of him. I mean, that's a lot of that's a lot of independently thinking Stephen Hawkins, though. Who says they're all going to agree? You know, because they're Stephen Hawking. Even if they don't agree, it doesn't matter. You got one bad egg. You know, okay, he gets eaten. <laughs> he gets super glued. <laughs> yeah. They take him out. <laughs> he super glues himself. <laughs> yes. So yeah, yeah, that's that's my initial fight. Uh, I guess we'll go in the same order. So Carrie. Okay, for I have a thought on uh, yours B, but I'm gonna save that till after the fight because I don't want to help you out at all. Um, but I mean, come on, you have what a hundred ten feet tall, tall, ten story tall, Forrest Gumps walking around. I mean, and this guy doesn't need intellect. Like this guy has the luck of the fucking non-Irish. I have no idea. But <laughs> I, I mean, first off, with the zombies, all he has to do is literally just like step on them and okay well his legs of. are gone just first away i'm carrying dynamite i just need to remind you of that oh that is true plan <laughs> i did forget about the dynamite but oh that actually helps me actually you know what i would just back up away from the zombies with the dynamite because they're so brainless that they just blow themselves up going the walking around with this lit dynamite i would and take then, offense you know... to that if i had the brain power <laughs> <laughs> i mean Forrest Gump, he's like a tank. You gotta admit, like, this guy has been through a lot, mm-hmm. and uh, I can't, I just really wish I had yours be, because I have such an amazing idea for that right now, <laughs> but you know, but with I mean, what is a little bit of glue going to do to a ten-story tall, like, a hundred, well, a hundred ten-story tall Forrest Gumps? Like they're just fire hose, dude. He ran with leg braces on. Do you know how hard that would be? (laughs) (laughs) This guy can do it. Uh, So that's my starting argument. Martin, 
Um, I mean, I'm coming for you. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Like, you know, there ain't no plan. It's just there's a a hundred herds of walkers armed with dynamite. I don't know what else to tell you. Like, I might, I, I might not have all of my herds left by the time we're done, but we will be done. <laughs> and like, and you know, um. I'll still be walking, you know, I'll go find other things that eventually blow up in time. Um, <laughs> like yourselves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My main issue is that one of my biggest strengths is also my biggest weakness. Let's be real, if one of them goes off, that is a chain reaction. But, um, uh, you know, just to point out the, the, the biggest flaw in my army. But um, yeah, coming for you. <laughs> okay, All right. so rebuttal. So Stephen Hawking, I've totally forgot about the dynamite. That changes everything. Mm-hmm. Stephen Hawking, with his superior intellect, is going to realize chain reaction. Boom! Right? Mm-hmm. He can stop one of these in his tracks, right? So you've got a hundred herds. That's this massive, basically what thousands of tons of dynamite. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh. <laughs> right? With a with a bunch of Forrest Gumps just like strolling through because again, Forrest Gump. Yeah, he faced a lot. Still not the not brightest. Bright. Yeah. Right. 100%. So all he has to do is super glue one of these fucking walkers into place, let the dynamite go off, and then boom, chain reaction, thousands of tons of dynamite. Maybe we all die. I mean, that's but my maybe, biggest thing here, yeah. But maybe one Stephen Hawking was smart enough to roll <laughs> his fucking ass away to another town and let everybody else die. Thus, Stephen Hawking True. wins. I don't know. In the same respect, Forrest always knew to run. Run, Forrest, run. Yeah. Exactly. And- well, Not what do you think the rest of the Stephen Hawkins are doing there? They, they're yeah. super gluing his fucking feet to the ground, slowing him down. <laughs> but can they do, can can a hundred Stephen Hawkins, like, they can't independently each take a Forrest Gump, you know? <laughs> like, they're, they're a one-to-one ratio. So, you mean, I don't think that's happening. I think you need more than one Stephen Hawkins per Forrest Gump at that point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, God, that just, is the best sentence that's ever been said on this show. My my biggest thing with with, with you was that I, I was thinking when you when you were saying about circling the wagons, I was like, so yeah, eventually you will starve because you'll be blocked in. But um, then I remembered that all you have to do is trick them. I, I mean, I'm not winning this. Let's be real. I, I'm okay with admitting it at this point. Um, but I'm leaving a a massive hole <laughs> behind. So yeah, you bet you best start running and, and rolling. You know. All right. That's well, fair. well, Dauka, I'm just gonna add this in. If I had B's uh, choices there. I would have used yes. the glue to combine all the Stephen Hawkins together to create a gun. <laughs> oh my god. god Unstoppable. Unstoppable. Definitely. <laughs> uh, the only problem with that is the super glue hardens, so it's not moving anywhere once he's fucking mecha hawking. But god, that would look badass. <laughs> For like three seconds till they all suffocate. Oh, God, could you imagine what that would sound like, them all talking at once? Oh, God, like a giant speaking spell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, we're offending somebody today. Oh, I mean, yeah, I'm sure. Anyway. Yeah, yeah to any walkers who are listening, I apologize for the uh, incident. <laughs> You're not clever, you know? Like, I'm sure there's a smart zombie out there somewhere. I mean, if they're listening I mean... to this podcast, then yeah, they're pretty fucking smart. <laughs> yeah. They, I mean, either that or they were, they were just listening and they've since zombified and just haven't removed the headphones, you know. Uh, we take no responsibility. Just like we take no responsibility if you crash your car while listening, we take no responsibility if you turn into a zombie while listening. 
True. We'll get Martha Stewart's team of lawyers on that right away. <laughs> God. Okay, well, some of us were winners. Some of us were losers. Mm. Speaking of losers, Martin. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, because, because in both of those rounds, two of us have absolutely failed. Um, yes. There can only be one in true uh, Highlander style. So... Um, what has failure taught you? That's what I want to know. You know, through life, it has its ups and downs, its highs and its lows. We all fail at some point. Um, what have you learned from that? Oh, B, do you want to take this one first? Or? <laughs> I mean, I can. Um, failure taught me everything. Honestly, I've learned so much more from failing than I ever did at succeeding. Um, you know, because when you do something and you succeed at it the first time, there's no lesson there. You know, you... You're like, okay, well, I did this, and then this happened, and it was good. But when you fail, you can look at a situation and say, okay, I see why I failed. You know, but it takes some introspection. It takes some real, you know, looking at the situation, the scenario, to be able to see, and and kind of to allow yourself to criticize yourself, not in a in a negative way, but in a way that you allow yourself to to know, you know, what you're not great at everything. And, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people have that kind of mindset, like, well, if it didn't work, it's not my fault. It's, you know, this it's X, Y, Z, you know, this is what happened and, and it has nothing to do with me. But, you know, taking failure and looking at it as a as a learning opportunity is a really healthy way to deal with it. And, you know, everything from my jobs to relationships, you know, I've failed at all of them. Um, you know, I get jobs. You know, and that's fine. But the reason why I got good at the jobs that I do is because I failed at what I was trying to do. And I learned from those failures. And that philosophy carries me or I carry that philosophy with me with everything that I do. You know, as a as a manager, I tell my guys, I expect you to fail, but I expect you to learn from them, you know. And, you know, again, when it comes to relationships, you know, I I was not always the best partner in a relationship. And I can recognize that. And I can look at the things that I know that I did wrong or that that weren't great and adjust to be a better version of myself, not necessarily be a person that someone should expect me to be, but to just do better for me. And then it'll translate if any of that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I can yeah, understand that to a degree. Uh, I'm not going to elaborate too much because that kind of goes into my answer, but. Or that's a good segue to my answer. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I got the approval <laughs> of the segue masters, so there we go. Wait, who's um, that? They're not here. Mm, yes, they are. But anyways, uh, well, number one, it, it shows how much you want something. Because, uh, for instance, I used to be in martial arts, and there were times where we would have uh, tests, you know, to get to your next belt or to achieve a stripe and there were obviously times I failed and it's discouraging for sure because you know you wonder like do you suck at it or you're not meant to do it but just because you fail the first time doesn't mean you're going to fail again it doesn't mean that you're going to continue to fail in the future you just have to put some more hard work into it and just see how much you actually want something and in doing so, you can actually surprise yourself with what you're capable of. And I guess that's one thing that failure has taught me is that it's not the end of something. It just mm -hmm. is 
I don't know quite how to put this right now. I have not enough coffee in me for this topic. <laughs> but yeah, it just uh, sometimes you don't have the tools at that time or your skill right. level. It was just wasn't ready at that time. It does not mean that you're doomed to fail in the future every single time. It's just, again, it tests how much you actually want it. Right. Yeah, sometimes failure isn't uh, okay. It's time to give up and go home. It's uh, okay. You just need to go back to the drawing board and reevaluate sort of situation. No, exactly. Like if you achieved everything, and... yeah. If you achieved everything so easily, would you really appreciate it? And would you actually take pride in it? Right. Yeah. No. I mean, I completely agree. And that's that's kind of the it's it's a different way of saying kind of where I was coming from with it too. Is you know like when you fail, it's yeah, I mean, no one likes to fail. You know, it it doesn't feel great, but you can make it feel better by looking at the situation and, and saying, OK, so this didn't work. I still have a goal that I need to achieve or want to achieve. So what's another way of looking at the situation? And it doesn't have to be a negative. It can definitely be a, a positive, um, mm -hmm. you know, like like Harry was saying, you know, maybe you didn't have the tools that you needed at the time. Maybe your skill level wasn't quite there yet. But it, it informs you of what you need to do to reach your goal. And yeah. like failure is not forever. Right? Yeah. It gives you an objective look as well at like what particular. Because generally when you fail, you can look and see the reason you failed. Uh, you can be like, okay, well, all of this stuff was okay. But it's just that this thing wasn't right or whatever, I guess. Um, that's interesting. Well, what about you, Griff? Um, well, mine's kind of a slightly different thing. Uh, but I fully agree with what you guys are saying. I think that, like, the whole idea of Pete, like, because I, I used to live with the whole idea of I don't have regrets. And I was always, like, super proud about, you know, I'm not a regretful person. It's like, but regret can be a really positive thing because it's you actually learning from a situation, as long as you don't hold on to it too much. Um, but mine is that it's it's also not as bad as it sounds, you know? Like, I think the thing that failure taught me is, I never really put myself into situations where I could fail because I was worried about it. But then when you do and you do fail, you're like, oh, OK, <laughs> but I still want to do the thing. So I guess I just get back to it. Right. Like mm -hmm. it is the idea of that. It's not something to be afraid of. Um, it's essential, I think. Right. Like in a lot of life pursuits that you don't succeed the first time. Um, and then it links exactly into what you guys are saying. You know, from then it, it's you just reevaluate, you take stock, and you go, okay, next time I'll be better prepared. Mm -hmm. um, oh, exactly. Like, kind of what? I, yeah, what I was trying to say is like, if you fail at something and you just really don't care, then you probably mm -hmm. really didn't want it to begin with, or it just really didn't matter to you. Whereas, if that bothers you and you know you're kind of mulling it over a lot in your head and mm -hmm. it kind of shows like okay no this really matters to me and i really want to do this and it kind of pushes you to kind of do better definitely yeah do you think failure in itself is um i think there are shades of it as well right because when you fail and you're annoyed i think that is when it's really important to have an introspective because you say okay are you annoyed because you failed at that thing are you annoyed at yourself or are you just annoyed because maybe it doesn't matter as much like I, like i say i think it is important to know that sometimes when you fail it it's also a good time to let go sometimes um yeah, i mean to say that and that you shouldn't you know keep trying but sometimes when you fail i think you, if you really don't have an emotional attachment you're like okay well, maybe this isn't my thing mm -hmm. 
But yeah, and I think that plays into what Carrie was saying was, you know, or actually, I forget who said it. Sorry, I haven't had any caffeine this morning. (laughs) (laughs) One of you guys said it Um, where, you know, if you fail and you didn't care, then you probably didn't really want it that bad to begin with. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. But the other thing is, is you make a good point, uh, Martin, where, you know, if you're not failing, you're probably not trying new things. You know, if you're always succeeding at everything then you you haven't faced ad- adversity because you haven't really put yourself out in a, into a place where you could be uncomfortable or where you could fail. And you're just kind of living in a comfort bubble. And speaking as somebody who did that for a long time, you know, like it's 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 so much more rewarding to fail. It's kind of a weird yeah. way to put it. But, you know, in in failing, I learned a lot more about me. I learned a lot more about what I wanted in life. You know, um, there are are things that I thought that I wanted for my life that once I failed at them, I realized that's not a thing I wanted at all. And, you know, that just kind of pushed me out further and further to try all sorts of new things that, you know, some things I'll I would be successful at, some things I would fail at, some things I'd be mediocre at, but always pushing to try something new and not fearing that failure and, and learning more to just embrace the failure as a barometer of what I actually do want and what is important enough for me to continue to pursue after I fail. Yeah. And I, I guess the other side of that coin as well is that some sometimes maybe if you're listening to this and you go, well, I've never failed. I've never felt that. Like the other side of the coin is you could know exactly what you want and you actually prepare very well and you do take the time to back your pursuits and stuff. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that 100%. But sometimes it is worth just saying to yourself, Okay, but I'll try this thing just in case because um, I think one of my favorite sayings that I heard is like, you don't know your favorite thing until you find it, but you also don't know your favorite thing until you leave it behind and miss it. Sort yeah. of thing. So it's like mm-hmm. sometimes when you do a thing, it's worth saying to yourself, okay, but is there something else that's out there better for me? And if you go away and try something and go, oh no, I missed that thing, then you can go back and, and you know, you know, but um, yeah, I that whole thing about treading water and putting yourself out there right um Mm -hmm. i think all of us can comfortably say we have failed (laughs) in many (laughs) things uh in the past and this in itself was a pursuit that could have you know and we would have taken that however um but yeah worth the risk yeah absolutely yeah i mean one of my favorite sayings is that with no risks come no great rewards Mm. and i i firmly believe that you know i firmly believe that if you because the best things in life are not guaranteed. Like, you know, the things that you're going to enjoy, the things that you're going to love, they're not necessarily a guarantee. In some cases, sure, they will be. You know, this isn't true for everyone. Just like anything we say is never true for everyone. Right, you know, we're, we're speaking from our point of view, the nerdy point of view, kind of the point. <laughs> That's why you're listening to hear what we think of whatever bullshit. That way I don't tell have us to keep that saying that for everything. If you want to, you know. What? And 100% tell us if you think we're wrong. Like, yeah, no, 100% tell us if you're wrong. Uh, if you think we're wrong, uh, I probably won't listen. But you know, these. Two <laughs> but no, my my point is, uh, you know, without having to ad nauseum say this isn't true for everyone, so I can speak generally here. Definitely. Um, yeah. Yeah. I found that the the most rewarding things that are in my life currently have been the biggest risks, um, with no guarantees. And, you know, it's it's kind of like t- almost like taking a leap of faith that you've prepared enough to figure something out. You know, you've done enough homework 
that if you do X, Y, or Z, it's, it's going to work out somehow. Um, but without knowing what you're doing and just kind of seeing what happens and firmly expecting to fail, you know, and sometimes you don't. And that's pretty amazing. Sometimes you yeah. do. And, you know, uh, it's again, it doesn't have to be the worst thing in the world. You know, like failure is such a like a negative term. Like, you know, when right. someone does wrong, you call them a failure. You're, you know, you don't like someone, you know, they're a failure at life or whatever. Right. You know, it has such a negative connotation, but it really doesn't have to. Failure can just be another word for a lesson in my book. Yeah, in my opinion. definitely. Totally agree. You know, it's like like Martin was saying, this podcast totally could have been a failure. Should have been a failure, probably. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, really, you know, like we've, yeah, we've talked no, about it a bit, yeah. but, you know, how how this whole thing came together, um, you know, but. We didn't. It didn't fail. People liked it uh, enough for us to, you know, actually pursue this. But I can tell you, you know, those first episodes, those early episodes, there was a lot of failures, uh, especially on my part with learning how to edit and stuff like that, not knowing how to do noise reduction to get rid of fan noise in the background and, you know, how to clean up audio and stuff like that. Like, you know, the first early episodes, I mean, the content was good, but the quality was rough. Those were failures. But I was driven crazy by what is this noise? Why can't I make it go away? And I used that failure as a lesson in how to get better at this and how to do this. And, you know, since then, the audio quality has improved drastically. And, you know, I I could have just settled. People listened. People enjoyed what we were doing. I could have been content with that. But to me, not putting out the best quality that we can was a failure. And right, that's what I took from it. And it shouldn't sound as it shouldn't be taken as harsh as that sounds because I think it's a universal thing and that we would all look at it that same way, right? Like you want mm-hmm. the best quality you can have, um, and it's just it's just a lesson, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Glad we all agree. And by yeah. the way, yeah, like I'm really proud of like the how much you've grown and learned since the beginning of the podcast. Like, there's definitely, like you said, a drastic change in the quality. But uh, you really committed to learning and on top of like all your other projects going on, like it's, it's really impressive. Well, I, I appreciate that. But, you know, I think that's true for all of us, really. Like when you think about it, you know, when we first like the first episode we recorded was really the first time we all sat around and talked with each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we had a really good chemistry. But I think that as we've been doing this for as long as we've been doing this, um, you know, we've all grown into ourselves on the show. You know, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know, definitely. We, we've all we've all kind of seen how we were. And I, I feel like if you look back at the older episodes and you look, you know, to today, I think we're we're more not necessarily like I don't mean mature in like the, <laughs> you know, we're going to talk about stocks and bonds and shit like that. <laughs> but God, no. more like you, we've matured into our own and we've really come into the, the people that we are on the show and are less kind of nervous you know, to, to do this and put ourselves out there and more willing definitely. to kind of jump into crazy ideas head first. And so I think, you know, we've all definitely we've all definitely grown from where we are and just kind of congealed into, you know, what I think is a pretty fucking cool show. Hells yes. And again, on 100%. failure, actually, like getting guests on the show, you know, like sometimes you're going to reach out to people and they're going to say no. And that could discourage, you know, us from reaching out to other people and giving it a shot, but it hasn't. And like 
we still do it regardless of, okay, we might get a response or we might not, but it's worth the shot. Yeah, Mark Hamill, still waiting to hear from you. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that failure thing like ties in with what you're saying as well, because I think like our comfort comes from us directly trying things that we know haven't worked, you know, like whether it's another show that we've tried putting on and learning that lesson and applying it to this, like my own personal thing, it's with um, trying several things with my own personal streaming have allowed me to develop my personality quote unquote for this show you know and like it's all um complementary or works together um yeah i mean i oh sorry i say we're just very lucky to have like a a network of support that we do so even if something is perceived as a failure by us um we can bounce back from it quite quickly i think yeah because of that Mm -hmm. and I, i will say like full disclosure like the people we are on the show are the people that we are but Sometimes we're kind of like the cartoon versions of ourselves, um, which <laughs> it's it's pretty common for a, a conversational podcast. Like sometimes you pl- you play up a little bit some of your personality quirks and whatnot. Uh, like I don't really yeah. hate Canada, but I love and I the very red. Oh, sorry, and I don't really fornicate <laughs> with pineapples. I mean, <laughs> I, we don't know I'm that very for sure. red. <laughs> That's true. We unconfirmed before. <laughs> Don't believe anything that they say. False news, guys. False is fake news. Fake news is the <laughs> no. This is now false news. It's it's Canada trademarked. Oh, so that's why it's the worst version. <laughs> well, on that note, thank yeah. you so much for hanging out with us today at the Nerdy Point of View podcast. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Captain Sugar Bear. That's at CPT Sugar Bear. You can also find me on Taldore on Wednesday nights at seven p.m. Pacific Standard Time at Twitch forward slash Soul Bear RPG. Uh, also on Lost in Time at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on the same channel. Uh, make sure you tune in. Watch. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, chat's usually bumping pretty good. So have a lot of fun with that. Dread will be coming back at some point. Um, we're also on a brief hiatus for that. We're kind of uh, looking at at upping some some production values and, and quality of the show. So just stay tuned we will be back i still really enjoy doing that um with that carrie where are you on the internet and what are you working on oh you can find me on twitter and instagram under the name shrieky s-h-r-i-e-k-e-e you can catch me on threads of fate every friday at 4 p.m pacific standard time and i will hopefully be back to the Teldori campaign that uh b dms here uh and that is on wednesdays at what Five? B? What? (laughs) The Teldori campaign. What time does that run? Oh, no. 7 p.m. Yeah, okay. 7 p.m. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Sorry, I was gearing up for the next bit of this. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's fine. That's Just ignore. It's not like I did the total same thing during the introductions. Um, But yeah, and as I've stated before, you can see my Instagram and my day-to-day life. I should be also... Uh, producing and posting some more of my wood burning soon. So look out for that. Ooh, very cool. Right on. Martin, where can we find you? What are you working on? Um, I'm basically just working on myself, generally, just trying to figure out the goof that I am. Um, you can follow that whole thing on <laughs> Twitter and Instagram and potentially Twitch. Um, all of my accounts are Grifolion, which is G-R-Y-F-F-O-L-E-O-N. Um, yeah, come say hi, have a chat and talk about things with me. Awesome. Don't forget, you can find the show on Twitter as well 
at NerdyPOV. And check out all of our new episodes and our legacy episodes at NerdyPointOfView.com. Make sure to also check out our Facebook page and join our growing Facebook community as well. We even have a Discord channel. If you're into that sort of thing, reach out to the podcast on Twitter and we'll make sure you get that link. Of course, if you liked what you heard today, it would help us out immensely if you could leave us five stars and a review on iTunes. Our show is small. We'd like it to grow larger. We want more people to hear this insanity. You know, we're hoping to drive the world insane one ear hole at a time. With that, we do have our community shout out. And today's community shout out actually goes out to Jack Dyer, the creator of Superfight. Uh, you know, we use that as one of our, our little topics here and, uh, want to make sure we give proper shout out to, uh, the gentleman who created it. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Jack underscore dire D I R E. Uh, also create a few other games, uh, red flags, blank, Mary kill. You've got problems. I believe is a game. It might be his. No. Yeah, that's a game. Um, <laughs> Red Flags is a game I really want to get. It uh, looks really, really good. It's a lot like Super Fight. Um, if you haven't played Super Fight, you can pick it up on uh, his website, which is jackdyer.com, uh, probably Amazon. I think it might be hard to find at game stores, but look at your local game store, see if they have it. Um, otherwise, I believe... Uh, oh, yeah, you can also get on Tabletop Simulator. Uh, it's a lot of fun there if you want to play with some of your friends who are not around the table with you. Um, but, yeah. A great, great game. Cannot recommend it enough. Uh, everybody should be playing it. I want to play with everybody so uh, other people get it so we can play. Hell yes. So with that, does anybody have anything else? I'm just preparing my do-to-dos. <laughs> um, I would just like to say on the topic very quickly of us kind of being like exaggerated versions of ourselves that it is very true. I very rarely tie people to train tracks. <laughs> yeah, I, it's only like a once a month thing, right? Right, exactly. Sometimes you just get the itch. It's not every week. <laughs> yeah, please. Next time, just don't double knot it. That was really hard to get out of. <laughs> Sorry, I was trying. I'd been to a class, and I just wanted. To... <laughs> well, I mean, I was trying to push that train to like max speed, so you wouldn't have to worry about unknotting it. But I, uh, yeah. Oh, that is very. That sweet was of a you. failure on my part. But we and all you learned. learned from that. Yes, yes. we all we all grew. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Well, with that, we are out. Do, 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 That's it. Bravo. Thank you. We're all so proud of you. Mm-hmm.